Hi, I'm Anthony Mindel. Welcome to In The Moment, a podcast on acting, art, and life. In this series, I'm talking to AMAW alumni, students, and clients about the challenges of acting and the joys of creating in the 21st century. For more information, go to anthonymindel.com, or you can also find us on iTunes and SoundCloud. I hope you enjoy. On today's episode, we have manager, producer, and entrepreneur, Jay Froberg. They chat about the business of acting, talent representation, and how to adapt to the industry to navigate a successful career. Today's podcast episode is sponsored by We Audition. Receive 25% off with the promo code AMAW on weaudition.com. The video chat community to audition, rehearse, self-tape, and get advice, and hopefully book the fucking job. Hello, everybody. Welcome to In The Moment Podcast. Welcome, Jay Froberg. Thanks for having me, Tommy. Come on, we press the applause button so you feel like you're not alone. Everybody adores you. So for people who don't know Jay, uh, well, you're going to tell us, Jay, but Jay's doing, I've always loved this about Jay. He's in a, uh, an entrepreneur and, and a, an adapter, I'll call it an adapter because you're always adapting to the business and you're a manager, you founded your own company um, called Roar, Roar, and you've been guiding lots of su- successful actors for many, many years. So welcome. Thank you. Thank you. And we're going to talk about a little bit about like some of the newer things you're developing um, in this new online world, but that will that's beneficial to actors and will benefit them and understanding like how to get a manager. What is an agent? What's the difference between a manager and agent? How, what's this whole thing about representation? Blah, blah, blah. Right. So, but so tell us a little bit about your journey because I mean, I know a little bit about it, but I'm always intrigued. Sure. Sure. Yeah. I, um, I went to the university of Arizona and Arizona as some of people may know is a right to work state. Um, so, you know, there are no unions. So a lot of movies come there. Um, in particular, uh, Tucson, where they shoot a lot of Westerns. Um, so when I was in college, I just started working on movies as a PA and, um, you know, more and more movies came to town and that's how I get my experience. And, um, that's what I thought I would do is just be a, in production, you know, as a production coordinator, production manager. Um, and my parents really wanted me to go to grad school. I didn't know where to go. I'd never been to California. So I, I applied to Pepperdine, uh, for their MBA program and, um, got to Malibu uh, and for those of you who have been in Malibu, it's spectacular. So I decided to stay on and get my law degree as well. Um, and Pepperdine actually got me an internship at MGM Studios, uh, which then I parlayed into uh, an executive role there. I was there at MGM um, about 10 years, just nine, nine and a half. Um, but I, you know, as I got, as I rose to the ranks of MGM, you know, I got further and further away from the production side of working with artists and and the creative part of movie making. Um, and at the time, you know, as you as you remember, movies was what, what it was all about. And, you know, yeah. TV stars wanted to be movie stars. Movie stars would never do TV. Um, now it's completely different. Things have uh, changed. Yeah. yeah. Uh, so all of my buddies at the time were, were up and coming actors. Eric Christian Olsen, Jimmy Marsden, Kip Pardue, all these guys who were sort of in my little circle. Um, so, I just started working with them and talking to them about their, their deals. Uh, and that was the, really the thing that got me up in the morning was that sort of that engagement with, with the artists and the actors and, and, and sort of seeing 
uh, you know, their success was very exciting for me. So I actually left MGM to start Roar. Um, the, the, the name of Roar came from, uh, I was looking at the MGM logo and I said, you know, oh. what do I really love about this? And it was the lion roaring. So <laughs> that's, I never put that together. That's yeah. cool. Okay. Wow. <laughs> and, um, that's a beautiful sort of homage to where you learned, you know what yeah. I mean? Like you got a lot of your skills. Okay. Yeah. Yeah. So I went into the, you know, the chairman of MGM, I went into the uh, office and I said, you know, I, I really, I you know, love MGM. Thank you so much. It's been like family. I, you know, I'm, I'm not, I just want to do something different. He said, what are you going to do? I said, I don't know, but I want to call it Roar. So that was my business plan. It was basically the name. <laughs> but uh, so I, that's how a dream starts, starting yeah. with the name. I love yeah. it. Okay. So yeah. I left, you know, it was just like, you know, a scene from a movie, you know, I'm riding down the elevator with my little box and thinking, what have I done? You know, I'm walking away from a, from a, a really successful career track at a studio, um, set up my little office in my, in my garage in Venice beach. Um, and just started doing deals. And, you know, I, I just, I had no idea what I would do. I, my expertise was sort of in the film finance side, deal making side. So I just started to do deals and, and the, the part I gravitate, gravitated towards the most was was for uh, my my actor friends, so I just that's how I got into management. Um, uh, that evolved into music management because I had some buddies who were in a band, um, but it's all the same sort of from my perspective, what a manager does. And uh, and uh, that's the story. <laughs> oh. oh. And I, and I guess that led to, um, you know, and I've, I've built the company up over the years. You know, when we when we started, um, it's very hard to, especially my coming from the studio, it's very hard to get agencies or agents to 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 help you. They'll all they'll all tell you, you know, we love you, you know, be great, but they're not going to really risk their clients uh, with a new upstart management company or manager. Uh, so. You know, got on a plane, went to Canada, got on a plane, went to Australia, got on a plane, went to Japan, Mexico, and uh, signed artists who were up and coming there. So, you know, Canada would be Kobe Smulders would be a great example. Um, Australia, obviously, Chris Hemsworth, Liam Hemsworth, those guys were right, Hemsworth. Know, away. Um, Japan, Ken Watanabe. Uh, oh, wow. I didn't Mexico, know that. Jaime, Jaime Camille in, in Mexico. So, you know, we really built a reputation for for going uh, outside of LA, right? Or, or the US um, and signing really talented, great artists who weren't necessarily, um, you know, stars here in the US yet, uh, mm -hmm. but but obviously we, we developed them into, you know, crossed them over into US market. Well, as I said at the beginning, I think that's something that I've always respected about you and maybe because I'm a, you know, I created my own thing as well. And, you know, was sort of as a, a response to offering something different than everything else. You know what I mean? I've always been really excited about innovating and being an outlier and like, and not necessarily predicting where things are going to go, because at least I didn't, because I just thought, we have to reimagine and rethink things because things are always evolving. Right. But, but that's what you did. Like, I think that's very, forward thinking to before the market became as international as it has become, you kind of were ahead of the curve of like, well, where else is talent coming from? Well, 
everywhere. <laughs> you know what right. I mean? And that's right. even more so today. You know what I mean, Jay? So like, so that's really cool. I never knew that about that you actually went to different countries and scouted talent, right? So you were kind of like a talent scout at the beginning. Yeah. And I mean, even today, our more than half of uh, our list is, is international. Oh, wow. Um, okay. You know, and I, you know, I think we can get into the, the differences of different management companies and the differences between the agent and the manager. But, you know, we always kept it very small. You know, some management companies have hundreds of clients. We have 50. So it's just a different, a different model. But yeah. so cut cut to um, the the pandemic and COVID, um, and you know I, our sort of business, as you know, just sort of hit pause. Uh, but that gave me some time to sort of do some research. And what what dawned on me then during the quarantine was sort of the the the, the problem that we have with talent representation is that when a talent when the talent when an actor really needs advice. They can't get it right because they can't aren't ready for a manager or an agent. Um, so who who can they turn to? Who can they go to? Yeah, the and typically, teacher. yeah, typically it's guys like you, right? Uh, because yeah. they're they're in your class. So that led to me creating this this digital uh, online program called the Art of Guiding Your Acting Career to sort of bridge the gap between you know when you're starting out or or maybe you even are successful. You're on a show, but you don't have a a good manager um, and you feel frustrated uh, that this is the answer to that. Yeah. I mean, I think I love that it's called the art of guiding your acting career because it's both right. Like as artists, we're also it's show business. You know what I mean? It's the entertainment business. It's, it's um, really trying to help artists understand and execute their artistry whilst also you can't have that, you know, like I'm always saying, like, I always feel like this is me sometimes, like I'm a legend in my own living room, but that doesn't really help me. <laughs> you know what I mean? Like, it's great actors if you're amazing when you're doing your scenes in your bathroom, but if you can't parlay that into a career, it's really difficult. And, and sometimes actors especially have been taught, like they, they feel like they're two separate tracks the business, the management, the rep side and the artistic side, but it's not. So you created this interesting online course. So it's like a masterclass in a way. Um, and I've seen it. I've, I've watched many of the modules in which Jay basically gives really sound, practical, easy to understand advice about sort of the steps to like navigate a career. Um, and what do you like? we don't have to go into like every part of it because we could just, these are things that you know, and you've probably have given many actors advice over the years anyway, but like what, when does someone need a manager? Cause that's something like, I think people think about a lot. I think you need a manager when you have a career to manage. Um, and I, I know that sounds simplistic, but I, you know, I, I think going back to what you said about you know actors not wanting to uh, or putting on the blinders when it comes to the business side, um, I think you know th that used to be the case. I think actors were told you you stay in your art lane and yeah. and, and let someone else hold your hand on the business side, and and, and that's just that's just not how it works now. I mean, I think any artist, whether you're a painter 
or you're an actor, you have to have an eye on, you know, is it your career or is it a hobby? And if it's your career, then you have to put on your business hat. And, you know, I think you've preached in the past, you know, that, that you, you can look at it as an artist. And, and that's why I call it the art of guiding your acting career is because it is a blank canvas, right? And it's, it's your, it's your career to paint any, any way you want to do. So if you look at it that way and make it a little bit more fun and less intimidating, um, I think that's the, sort of the threshold if you can get over that. And, and I also think that actors are sort of told that they're not smart, which is just not true. Mm -hmm. you know? And you look at, you know, the top actors in the market today and they're all very, very savvy um, and getting more savvy. Um, so I think that sort of trickle down, you know, you need, when you get a manager, you need someone smarter than you or with, with more experienced relationships and, and a little bit, you know, better perspective. It's the, the days of, you know, the, the, the manager who's just going to, you know, hold your hand and, and talk to you when you break up with your girlfriend or your boyfriend, you know, I, I think that's, that's gone. Um, there's some of that obviously because managers tend to be closer to their clients and friendships and such than agents. But, um, but you really want somebody who's savvy. So to answer your question, when, when do you get a manager? It's when you have your ducks in a row um, and you need the, the manager is actually going to add value. It's, it's almost like when you hire employees, you know, when you start your own company, um, you know, you're going to do all the work. You're going to, you know, make the bread every morning and, you know, package it up and put it on the truck. And then when you get too many orders, you need somebody to help you, you know, pack it up and put it on the truck. And so that's, that's essentially when you should look at taking on someone on your team because it's expensive, right? You know, I, I think actors start out, they're like, oh, 10% who, you know, who cares? And but if you add up, you know, ten percent to the manager, ten percent of the agent, five percent of the lawyer, you know, the publicist is five thousand a month, or you know, seventy five hundred a month. I, it gets crazy. Yeah, um, it's a lot. Yeah. So You're right. I think you know you want to make it a smart business decision. Don't just have a manager for the sake of having a manager. You know, because and that's that's a double problem because a double problem. What is it? Uh, you know, it's it's a two for you. You don't want to have a manager that's not doing anything because they're going to cost you money, but you also don't want to have a manager who's not doing anything that you're being codependent on. You know, the worst thing that you can do is, uh, is have a team who isn't actually doing anything uh, because then you're not doing anything and they're not doing anything, which is a disaster. Well, so Jay, what would managers like, you know, what do they do? Let's just, break it down for people who are listening who still aren't quite clear, like the difference between an agent or a manager. A manager can help somebody get an agent. Also, is it still, managers are not technically allowed to procure work. Isn't that still correct? Yeah, in California, yep. So a good way to look at it is um, you, the artist or the CEO, you know, you're the, you, the buck stops with you. you. You make all the creative decisions Underneath you is the COO, the chief operating officer. So you're the chief executive officer of your, of your little enterprise. Uh, the manager is the, the chief operating officer. So the manager's job is to help you uh, develop and execute on a strategy. So 30 day, 60 day, 90 day, uh, six month, one year, three year, five year, 10 year strategy. And then how are you gonna get there, right? And, and, and then underneath the manager, you have the team that's gonna help you execute on that strategy. So your head of sales is your agent. Your head of marketing is your publicist. Your general counsel is your lawyer, and uh, your your business manager is CFO. So just like a company is organized, and the manager's job is to is to really 
make sure that the entire team is uh, is is had, understands who the artist is and what they're selling, um, and that everyone is adding value to the execution of that strategy that you all, all agreed on. That makes sense. I mean, yeah, it does. I'm like, wow. When you break it down that way, it's very clear. Um, well, so why would an actor? You know, I know in terms of sometimes I get asked an agent or a manager, like it should it be one or the other, right? I also, so maybe you can address that, but also I feel like nowadays, I mean, the agency world is changing so rapidly, right? And I know so many, I have a lot of agent friends who've left agencies and now have become managers or have signed on either independently or have signed on to other management companies. So, I mean, do we think that the business is going to continue to morph into some sort of more personal, personal management style? Is that because agencies, the big agencies are not making most of their money anymore off of client jobs, right? It's all ancillary stuff. Isn't that correct? And other investments. Yeah. You know, I mean, years ago, I was, I mean, this is a long time ago. I was shocked that, you know, William Morris's biggest client was Emerald Gossi selling pots and pans, you know? So I think for years, this has been shifting where they're getting away from the 10% game um, and looking for other revenue streams. Um, yeah. So, you know, I, I think that the answer to the question is that you need a great salesman. Right. And, and, and in California, you know, in particular, your, your manager can't be your salesman. So, and, and, you know, sales is a particular skill, right? Um, and it's different than career strategy. And I had some, some great agents are great at both. Um, but I think that you need to look at them as two different jobs. I mean, do you need a salesman or do you need, or do you need help with the bigger picture? Right. So, and, you know, some actors may not need help with the strategy um, and executing on that strategy. Um, but most need a salesman. Um, uh, you know, I, I, there are some, there are some actors who have no agent or, you know, the sort of top of their game, they use their lawyer. And, uh, but for the most part, you want a great salesman to be out pitching your wares. Mm -hmm. So well, mm -hmm. chicken or the egg, right? Which do you want first? I think the answer is uh, keep your eyes open for either. You know, it's not like, you know, if you're in the position to, to walk in and, and, and say, you know, I'll take a manager now or I'll take an agent now. I think it's going to come down to the person that, that is uh, available for the job. Uh, I wouldn't hire an agent just to have an agent or a manager just to have a major manager. You just, you need somebody who believes in you, understands the strategy and is going to help you move the ball forward. I mean, I love this thing about, I think actors maybe have a hard time thinking of themselves in terms of sales, right? Like, but that's true. It's like, it really is product oriented at the end of the day. And it's become even more so because of branding. And again, like the, the product of, a personality also selling things, not just yeah. themselves yeah. as as artists, but like, oh, you know, uh, 
a shampoo uh, company can send you something. And if you're, you're a big actor or whatever, and then you're endorsing it on your social media account, like everything is like merged to me, the scary, weird, horrifying thing is everything has become one gigantic commercial. <laughs> it really has. It really has. Like if we really look in between the lines of Instagram, it's all a big commercial really like, and literally sometimes promoting a product, pro a product, but also I think the selling of ourselves in some way, what we do, who we are, right? And I guess, I guess it's like trying to navigate through that with taking the ick out of it, because sometimes it doesn't feel as pure as like making art. But again, Shakespeare struggled with this, like yeah. right? Van Gogh struggled with this. How do you make a living doing great art when you got to get your art to the consumer? Well, and I think. You know, I, you can see the actors cringe when you talk about them being a brand um, and, and sales. But the way I frame it is you're not you're not a product. What, what you're trying to convey to your to your customers who are the, the people financing movies and TV shows is your is your promise to your fans. Like what is what is your promise that you're making to your fan base, um, you know, so that they understand what they're getting if they're paying a ticket to see you act, right? So, you know, it's, it's not that you're a product. What you're trying to convey is you're trying to give, send the message of this is what you're gonna get if you pay money to see me act. Then your salesman, your agent is, is out pitching that brand promise to the buyer. So, you know, if you're an action star, um, you know, if you're Chris Hemsworth, you know, you're selling a particular thing, you know, and then if Chris Hemsworth wants to tweak that brand promise to say, but I'm also good at comedy, right, then then you start conveying that message to the buyers. So I think stop looking at yourself, uh, our actors should stop looking at themselves as, as products. Um, and, and and when people talk about your brand, it's it's more about who you are and what, what you know, your, your customers, your fans are going to get. I love that. It's well said about a promise, like the promise you're offering and giving, you know, never heard it said like that. I also think like for me, Jay, like, I think my, my parents always joke that I'm an amazing salesperson because of the success of the schools, but, and I guess so, but I've never thought about myself in terms of selling the school because I've just been so passionate about it because the work freaking works. And I've seen like, people's lives completely change because of the work. So for me, I, I'm using this example for our listeners to understand acting, creating is like that. The things that you write, the things that you say, the things that you perform, if you're really passionate about it, a career in that is just an extension of your passion. You're just wanting a, a bigger canvas to, to paint on. That's all it is, right? So yep. it's just a slightly uh, a paradigm shift. So it doesn't feel so like selling swampland to somebody in Florida. <laughs> you know what I mean? <laughs> Yeah. Not that kind of salesman people. Um, although I think I could do that as well. If I were really passionate about the Everglades, no, I'm just kidding. So let me ask you about, uh, I'm just jumping all over because it's just making me think about things you've experienced. How, how, how long have you been in the business, Jay? Uh, we're close to the same age. Almost 30 years. You know, I, I started right out of, you know, right out of school. The 90s. Yeah. 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 Okay. Wow. And also Jay is a lawyer too. So you like, he's what you're, you're watering two plants with one hose with Jay. Like he can manage you and you know <laughs> what I mean? Take care of all lawyer like things. Um, yeah. So let's talk about like 
what do you think are the mistakes actors make in sort of the pursuance of reps or yeah, just what is that? What comes to mind when you, you've worked with everybody, you've worked with a lot of people in the business. Uh, you know, it's the first thing everyone asks me when they come to town is, um, you know, how do I get an agent or, and, uh, or they say, they state as fact, I need an agent. And I, uh-huh. I'm like, okay, well, why, you know, let's talk about yeah. why you think that. Yeah. Um, and typically they're not, they're not ready for that um, because they don't have their ducks in a row. They don't have, you know, the, other than, you know, passion and enthusiasm, a lot of those folks just aren't ready to have, uh, you know, a team behind them. And, and, you know, that's frustrating for the actor, but if the, if the actor puts themselves in the shoes of, of the reps, you know, they're, they're, they're people too who have lives and careers. And, uh, you know, the way the business is set up is this, is this 10% situation and, so they have to really choose wisely because they're, you know, they have families to feed. Um, so they can't, you know, they can't take your enthusiasm home for dinner, right? They, you have to generate some, some money. Um, so are you ready to do that? And, and yeah. don't look at it from your perspective as the actor, look at it from the rep's position. Is, you know, are they, is your salesman, is your agent going to be able to take you and sell that brand promise? And is that something that people want to buy? Um, and for a number of reasons, they might not want to buy it. You know, I, you know, if you're not talented, that's a big reason. But also if you're just, if you're too niche, you know, I, I think um, some actors just want to do passion projects, um, you know, and very dark, you know, esoteric things. And that's great. But is your agent going to be able to make enough money to support right. his family doing that? Um, so I, I recommend that actors really try to look at their career from a rep's position of, of is this going to be a business or is this just a hobby and I'm supporting your hobby? Well, I'm always reminding people too, like I love what you said you know, in terms of casting, I'm always telling actors go in and intern at a casting office so you can see what really happens, you know, behind the doors there because you see it's not it's not rocket science and it often doesn't come down to talent, right? Like, yes, you have to like deliver the goods in the room, but then when you don't get it, if you're showing up in your work in a, in a real way and in a committed way, it's there's so many dynamics that the actor is not aware of. So when you're when you're behind the scenes and you start to see it, you start to see it's not personal, but it's the same thing with agenting and managing. I'm always telling people, especially nowadays, because it's gotten so competitive, you have X amount of clients, Jay. And so you're hustling to get those clients work. It's not easy. Like you're having to make calls and you're having to pitch and you're right. And so I think, I guess what I'm leading to is when uh, actors like call their reps and are like, my best friend just went out for this. Why didn't I go out for this? Right? Like, I'm sure you hear that all the time, or there's this really great new thing that, that, David Rappaport is casting and why am I not getting in for it? And you're like, um, the breakdown is for like a 34 year old woman. And you're like an 18 year old dude. You know what I mean? It's like things like that. Right. right. Well, I think, uh, for agents, it's, it's a lot worse. Right. So if I have 50 clients and, you know, obviously I don't have many, uh, clients who are in the same category. Um, but an agent might have, you know, agencies have thousands of clients. And so can you imagine being that agent who's dealing with that, you know, Greg Berlanti show, you know, and has a hundred actors who fit that role. Um, yeah. I mean, so it's got to be very frustrating from an agent's perspective. But, you know, yeah. I, I think 
again, to flip the script for actors who are looking at auditioning, the way I recommend an actor look at it is, is it's not, it's, it's the actor offering to be part of the director's project or the writer's project. It's, you're walking to that room saying, I'm offering to be, I'm an artist, right, the actor, and I'm offering you, the artist, the, the writer, director, my, you know, acting, you know, so it's, it's not the other way around. So it's, if they say, hey, thanks, you're not right for my art. It's not a rejection. It's like you're two artists saying, let's come together and make great art. And if you as the actor don't ha happen to fit the artistic vision of the other artist, it's nothing to get mad about, right? You weren't rejected. Just, yeah. just like, you know, you as an actor, you make artistic choices. You know, the writer and director and, you know, the filmmaker has that right as well, that artistic, you know, creative or, you know, ability. So I think if you, if you can frame it that way as an actor, I think you won't w walk through this whole thing as feeling rejected uh, because it's, it's not personal. It's, it's art. Yeah. Well, it's also subjective, right? Like, you know, so I don't know how many times I always like to mention, I have a student who's the lead on a Netflix show right now that has like become a phenomenon and, and, I know casting directors who didn't quite get her work and, you know, because maybe she didn't have the the best audition that day, but like, so what, <laughs> you know what I mean? To me, sometimes talent, talent is sacrosanct and, and sometimes it takes a while. And sometimes a lot of people don't see it. Uh, also we're, we live in a business. This is important for the listeners to remember it's all perception and a lot of things happen based on, you know, once somebody sees the talent and then puts them in something, then everybody, you know, is on that mm -hmm. bandwagon of, oh my God, they're so amazing. But uh, it's, it's also very risk averse, right? Like the business has become more and more about bigger, um, sure things, which we know is not a real thing, which is so ridiculous. Like the physics of it have shown that that's not a real thing, but, but that also just goes to show you they're, they're less, uh, they're more risk averse. Like they do not want to take risks maybe in, in ways of like hiring a, um, a product or a person or an intellectual property that doesn't already have a, a track record. Right. Right. So, you know, yeah, if I was an actor, the most maddening thing, would be influencers, right? You know, you, you know, you're an actor and you've trained and you've you've gone to school and you've worked on your craft for ten years, whatever it is, and then this Instagram star takes your role. You know, it's just like it's crazy. But what what you have to take from that, I think, is what has the Instagram star done? They have built a fan base, right? They have they have filled a fan bucket, as I say, um, and you haven't, right? So, I, you know, there's either you can just be frustrated and mad at that, but, or you can figure out, okay, how could I start filling my fan bucket so that I can bring a fan base to whatever casting room uh, I'm going into and say, look, I'm, I'm an actor, but I also have a million people who love my acting, right? That's what influencers are doing. They're, they're walking and saying, I'm, I'm not an actor, but I have a million people who will buy a ticket to whatever I go see. Yeah. Um, the, the flip side to this is what it's, I believe, 
there's a tsunami of acting jobs that, that's coming because with all these new platforms, Hulu, Apple, Netflix, you know, and, and all the, you know, creation of new content, um, there just aren't enough named name actors um, to fill these roles. So it's just, it's just going to happen. They work their way down and there's going to be more and more opportunities for, for actors uh, who are talented. And, and those things, you know, they're not going to cast, you know, an influencer on Bridgerton, right? They're going to cast somebody who's, who's can, can do it. Yeah. I think the thing too, Jay, like consider this, I always say in my experience working with, because I've, I've worked with a lot of influencers, but I think the influencing world opens up doors for them because they have so many followers. But what I have, maybe when you shake out the numbers, the people who cross over into some sort of career from that world are not any more than just regular people I have found. I, just like anything, like the modeling, remember like in the 80s, the modeling world, like models who wanted to become actors. Great, they may because of a look, just like the business itself, because of a certain look or whatever, people, doors seem to be opening for people in ways that maybe some listeners are like, well, that hasn't happened for me yet. But I think at the end of the day, when you shake it out, like the averages are kind of the same, you know what I mean? Yeah, and I think, I think you know the, the influencers who are crossing over are are you know is, it's probably a very small percentage, and they're probably very talented people. Talented. You know? yeah. talented. they just yeah. they use that that yeah. pathway to get themselves in the door, as you That's said, right. um, which isn't yeah. for everyone, you know. <laughs> yeah. But I, you know, it, it's funny you said the modeling thing. You know, I I kind of watched from afar Travis Fimmel. You know, from um, oh yeah, yeah, for sure. You know, and he he started out. He was a model, and 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 he's cast on. I think it was Tarzan. I don't know on the CW, and it didn't oh work. It, uh-huh, it, uh-huh. And he he disappeared. He just he he was like the hot. You know, oh, this guy's gonna be the next. You know, big Labor thing. Of the month. Uh-huh. And then he screwed the pooch on uh, on Tarzan, and he disappeared for years and came back as as an actor, like a real actor so yeah i think you know however you get your foot in the door if you then if you know if you're an influencer who does get your foot in the door i, I you know they should double down on on, on going to your acting class and, and really deliver <laughs> well thank you for that plug i mean i did not i didn't teach travis fimmel but i get the i get the analogy it's true like i think at the end of the day the only thing that actors can manage is talent right like they it's something that it's also, I, I was doing a podcast the other day with a casting director and I was, you know, it's important to remember too that an, inst- an influencer might be 16, 17, 18. Maybe they're not so great at acting yet. So what? Like they are also allowed to, if they, lots of people who get their first jobs are not great actors and it's okay. Like everybody has their own journey. And as long as they're willing to use it to learn and to grow and to evolve and, and you know, have a point of view, then who knows? They could become the next Meryl Streep. Like, yeah. you know, George Clooney started on Facts of Life or something. You know what I mean? Like, yeah. 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 So we just have to, I think it's just about honoring our own journeys and like not comparing and despairing. And I think, you know, sometimes the business side of it. I think it's also important to remember like agents and managers like yourself are like also on the side of the actors. Sometimes it's easy, I think, for actors to to pitch your, your guys' side into the bucket of like, you know, I'm trying to choose my words carefully here, but like, like the enemy, but you're not because you guys are again, like hustling to try to get things going 
for the artist, right? And it's like, so you you're basically sometimes bashing your head up against the wall of like, oh my God, this business is so incredibly insane, right? It's the same for all of us. Yep, yep. You know? Especially now, and there's so much, you know, un unclear. Stop. Yeah. Yeah. Um, Jay, let me, I, I just have an intriguing question and then we'll, what do you do when you have a client who's like, I don't know, not delivering or not doing good work or hasn't worked in a while? Like, what's your take on that? And what is, have you, I'm sure you've had those conversations, right? Yeah. Yeah. I'm, I'm a big fan of, of that transparency. And I, you know, I, I guess that goes to, you know, how do you communicate with your, or how do you even choose reps? Um, you know, make sure they're people who you aren't intimidated by. You know, they're, yeah. they're they are your manager in particular is is really your business partner. They're they're you're you're ninety percent. They're ten percent, right? But they're in it for the long haul. Uh, your agent is is more of a salesman, right? Who, as I said, who really just needs to be pounding phones and selling, selling, selling. But you know, your manager better be somebody who can you can talk straight to and say, look, you know. You know, you need that. It's it's both ways because you don't want your manager to be just, you know, baggage in your career, right? They, they have to actually be proactive and engaged in what's happening and, and helpful um, and communicate, you know. Uh, but I, I think a lot of actors don't take criticism well. Criticism so, well, yeah, yeah. You know, and I, I even, I have to... I have to phrase things in certain ways with actors if they get bad feedback, not because, you know, they won't, um, they won't appreciate the feedback, but because uh, just psychologically, you know, you don't need to be, you know, hammered with something uh, that's going to break your spirits. You now, yeah, it's such a, you right. know, it's, especially during like pilot season, for example, when you have, which we're just in the tail end of here, you know, you may have four or five things in, in one day. And, and if you screw one of them up, I don't know if it's going to be helpful to hear that immediately. <laughs> yeah, yeah. Um, but I, you know, I, I might give advice that they maybe want to just slow down and, and take a little more time with this. And then later on, just say, you know, this was the, 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 the feedback. And why I, in particular, we, we track feedback like that. And we're quite analytical about it because uh, again, it comes back to fans, you know, and casting directors, uh, you want them to be fans. You want them to be supportive. So, you know, when you go into a room unprepared uh, and a casting director is turned off, it's very hard to get them back, turned back on, you know, and it's, it's, it takes months or years to warm them back up uh, to see you again. So, you know, I, I think that, you know, if someone isn't, delivering in the room, uh, you know, I'll, I'll tend to want to keep them out of the rooms the room. figure out, uh -huh. yeah, yeah, until we can figure out what the problem is. Because, you know, how many important casting directors are there in this town? You know, a dozen, like they're casting like the big things, you know? Right, right. Yeah. Uh, yeah. And if you go in and, and screw up two auditions, you know, you just knocked, you know, you're down to 10. You know? Yeah. So I, I think you know, I take feedback and I deliver it in a way that's proactive, positive, you know, like how do we improve? And also, but I also take that feedback and say, well, let's not make that mistake again, right? Yeah, that's sound advice. I mean, I'm wondering, I have one last question and then maybe we'll wrap things up because this is 
45 minutes has gone by so fast already, but like in, in the art of guiding your acting career, do you talk about, cause this is something that I've come across a lot, Jay, of how do actors, I just had this happen recently, like last week, an actor was telling me how it's, I don't remember if it's a, a, an agent or a manager, but basically it's a horrible relationship, right? It's not working, but they're scared to leave. Now I have very strong opinions about this, but I'm curious like what you would say. And uh, yeah, I'm always intrigued. It's like, it's like being in a toxic relationship. Why would you stay in something if you can't communicate it and then fix it? Right. I, you have to leave, you know, the, 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 and you can burn a decade of your career if, even if it's not toxic, you know, but if they're, if, if your agent and your manager are not adding value to your career, you have to get rid of them because you, you set yourself, you're like a codependent person sitting by the phone waiting for it to ring. Now you're, yeah. and they're not doing a thing. So the phone's not going to ring. Um, so I, I do address this in, in the program. Um, in, oh, good. I actually okay. give people a letter that they can send to to their reps and, and walk them through because it, it doesn't have to be a bridge burner, right? Yeah. It's not, it's, you know, everyone plays this out that, oh my God, I'm gonna be blackballed in town and this is a terrible thing. But if you do, if you communicate respectfully and, and like an adult, um, you know, nine times out of 10, it's gonna be okay. And perhaps three, four years later, you circle back to that person. And, That's right. And you'll both be in different spots. Um, you know, it's, so I, I think, you know, just like relationship, you don't have to throw everyone's, you know, clothes out the front window and say, get out. It can be like a, hey, this isn't working for either of us. You know, I'm unhappy, you're unhappy. So let's, let's, let's do something different. I think sometimes throwing the clothes over the balcony and then putting them on fire is very dramatically fulfilling, but yes, maybe not. <laughs> the best thing for the relationship or the environment. But I was going to say too, you know, I think Jay, like it's just the actors are so scared having someone who isn't working in their mind, who isn't, I was like that in my twenties. I had some horrible reps in New York city, horrible, like undermine my work, even though I was like working, you know what I mean? Like, um, uh, but, but sorry, but, but they would rather be with someone than being, with no one and that the fear of like being in that gap where they have because at least they think that they have access to something even if it's in a bad you know relationship right so one of the things that we did as part of this course is set up a an online private facebook group called the tribe oh, and cool. and it's where actors can go uh and ask anything you know hey here's my headshots which one uh i'm i'm looking at these acting you know classes in london which one do you think is good um you know and, and i'm obviously on there giving feedback other people in the tribe you know actors who have experience are giving their 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 weighing in um and, and managers from my, my company also just will, will chime in time to time and, and give advice so i think if you're looking for somebody to just turn to and say what should i do you know there's a great platform for you uh, the problem, and I guess, I guess it comes back to what I said is, you know, if you're keeping a rep because you just, you feel like it's better than nothing, that's okay if you 
are getting up every day acting as if that rep doesn't exist because uh-huh. and doing you your just, own stuff. Yeah, yeah, you just have to be hammering it every day. And and yeah. what does that mean? You know, again, my course kind of walks people through, you know, essentially the, the how to guide your own career, right? It's it's how to get up every day, have a strategy, and execute on that strategy. Well, listen, I think this is really great advice. So Jay, where can people find the art of guiding your acting career? Is it, I mean, I know, but like, where do people find it? Yeah, the website is uh, the art of guiding your acting career. And um, I've got a, a, an e-guide that people can read if they want to just get a little a, a free taste of it. It's um, at uh, jfroberg.com slash guide. Okay, awesome. And again, for listeners, uh, it's, it's really like a, a masterclass spoken from a manager's point of view in the business for 30 years of like how to make choices to guide your career, right? And uh, especially because I think for a lot of actors, it can be really intimidating. N- not there's aspects of the, of the business that we don't, you don't even have to really know. I mean, it's great to know a little bit about everything, but that's what you would have somebody like Jay or this course for to just help you understand some of the terms or some of the choices that you can make. And so that's what Jay is providing. And I think it's really helpful. And like I said, I've listened to watch some of the modules. It sounds so modules. I've, I've watched some of the classes. And um, I also was joking with Jay, like we turned the tables on him because like for him having to like be in front of the camera is really good for him as a manager <laughs> to see what actors go through. But no, it's good. It's really... No, it's terror. Yeah. You know, it's really personable and like just really helps actors kind of navigate next steps for wherever they are in their career. And so I, check it. Yeah, go ahead, Jay. I, I think I think, you know, if you're an actor who's who's who does have a little bit of success, I, I think it's also good, you know, this is it it leans a little bit towards folks who are just starting out, but uh it also is a good framework if you have reps uh and you work with your manager, a, a good way to sort of understand uh, a, a way to frame your relationship with them. Um, and Jay, where else can people find you? Not like, what do you allow, do you allow people to like send submission material to your company or? Um, I think with COVID, you know, that's a very <laughs> awkward yeah, right? moment. Yeah, yeah, so yeah, like, yeah. Well, because, you know, like actors sometimes will stalk people, don't stalk actors, but like, you know, if somebody has something, I mean, you tell me, so what's protocol for people who would want to like be considered for your company? As rep, uh, you, can email, you can email info at roar.com. I'm sorry, info yeah. at roar.la. Um, okay. But the best way to meet me is going to be in, in the tribe, uh, which is the Facebook group as part of this okay, program, cool. because you know, I'm there interacting with, with the actors every day. Well, uh, Jay, you're really like a real actor's rep. I love that about you. And you're always, you've just always got great ideas, I think. You've always really inspired me about challenging myself and thinking outside the box and like and so I'm I'm sure this podcast will do the same for people and I hope people can check out more of your work whether it's on the tribe to get more information of the community there but also the art of guiding your acting career and don't stalk Jay by sending him an email at <laughs> roar but he also gave you the email there so thanks Jay for being here good deal thanks Tony really appreciate it thanks buddy Today's podcast episode is sponsored by We Audition. Receive 25% off with the promo code AMAW on weaudition.com. The video chat community to audition, rehearse, self-tape, and get advice. And hopefully book the fucking job.